if you don't know, my, is his wife Christy right here, who, uh, sitting on the second row, and uh, you guys be sure and meet them. Uh, Skylar in the room, Jamie in the room. Uh, why are you pointing? Oh, there he is. Okay, all right. There's Skylar and Jamie over here. This is your son and daughter-in-law. Yes. Yes. I think another one of your sons is in uh, Discover Cornerstone this morning, which is awesome. Uh, uh, I always talk about Mike and Christy and, and their family. These are legendary missionaries, uh, multi-generational missionaries, giving their lives to, to go to the field. I think, Christy, y'all were just, you got married and zipped, you were off to Mexico, you know, to an adventure. You had no idea of what that was going to be like. And uh, I wanted Mike to come up, and, and I want to say about Mike this. I, I don't know if I've said this publicly here or not. Um, you, you guys know what our missions ministry looks like. I don't need to go over that. You know that I spend a month or two a year in a typical year on the mission field somewhere. And uh, uh, we have a very <clears throat> big interest in Latin America and growing interest. Uh, while in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, everybody was focused on Mexico, we, st- we went Europe and Asia has been our, our emphasis. We're cycling back around to Latin America, and I'll tell you in a few weeks why why we are, and you and I have talked a lot about this already. And I want to say, as we shift back to, to a, a, a lot of work in Latin America in the coming years for Cornerstone Missions, uh, I want you to know that Mike's invaluable to us. Christy's invaluable to us. I'm not fluent in Spanish. I can find the bathroom. That's it. I, I, you know, I, I, I took, just like you, everybody lives in Texas, probably takes a couple of years in high school, right? Uh, I took a couple of years in college, but I, I haven't used it in all of these years, and it's gone. You know, just to recognize a few words in, in your conversation. But I want y'all to know that God raises up individuals like Mike and Christy and 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 Letty. You guys are going and Carmen and and Stephanie to use your gift in Latin America. Mike is invaluable to us because we know God wants us to make disciples in Nicaragua. Costa Rica, you guys know I want to be in Cuba, you know, and Mexico, Honduras. Uh, uh, that's the future of Christianity. And I don't have a long time to bend your ear about the studies that are being done, but Christianity is moving from the northern hemisphere to the southern very rapidly. And by 2050, now I know that seems like a huge number, but it's not that far away now. By 2050, the majority of Christians will be in the southern hemisphere, not the northern hemisphere. The future of Christianity, by 2050, the average Christian will be a young teenage girl with brown or black skin, maybe doesn't own any shoes, who lives in a village somewhere in Nigeria or Latin America. That's the future of Christianity. A girl who's a teenager who lives in a village in poverty that you can't imagine. That's where Christianity's moving very rapidly. That's where it's breaking out, Okay. And the nations that were Christian, America, we're now in our post-Christian phase. You hear me say all the time. Europe's way ahead of us in their post-Christian phase. They're in their Muslim phase, actually, right now. And, uh, you, but you understand what I'm saying. Things shift. We can't do all that God wants us to do in Latin America without your voice. And it's not just your voice. It's, it, it's you guys. It's all that God's done in your lives to prepare you for the future of Christianity in Latin America. So I want you guys... This is a moment to see Mike and Christy, to burn their images in your heart and know we have to pray for these people because you can't go make disciples. Letty can. She can speak the language. But we need, we need these people's voices and their relationships to be able to do what God's called us to do. How cool is that? That's the way it becomes a true partnership. And I consider, I consider Mike our partner in Latin America. He and I have talked a lot about what this looks like fly to Nicaragua together, we, we fly around together for one reason, to make disciples for Jesus Christ, what he's called us to do. Mike, give us a quick report of, before we talk Nicaragua, let's talk Mexico, uh, and what the last few months have looked like for you guys have been really interesting. So, Yeah, yeah it has been. It's a privilege to be with you. I, I thank you for the opportunity um, to be here, and, and uh, we're excited about what God is doing. In spite of uh, the last few months, in spite of the last year, and uh, what it meant for uh, for the Mexican people in Mexico. Obviously, 
Um, you know, it's, been, it's all over the world, but it has been, definitely has been in Mexico. The bridges are closed. They're still closed since, since March of last year. Uh, they've closed all the physical land bridges, so you're not, you know, an American like me, we, we can't go in. Um, now, somebody from there can go into their own country just like an American can come here, um, but we can't go there. And so it's been closed. Uh, COVID has been rampant in Mexico. Um, a lot of the numbers that have been projected that have, are actually physical numbers that are on, on the news all the time, that's not, that doesn't even, doesn't even touch a lot of uh, what's happening down there. Uh, just, uh, I guess it was Friday, I saw that it's the highest uh, amount of people that, that have been um, contaminated and the people that have died since COVID started was Friday um, in Mexico. And so it's just taken off again, and, and we're not sure where that's actually going to lead. Um, but um, but what's, really, what's really cool about technology is we've been able to connect with our pastors down there while we've been here uh, in spite of everything that's going on. And, and we've had Zoom conversations and phone calls uh, hours at a time. Uh, just uh, um, speaking into their lives, helping them, uh, answering questions that they may have, trying to disciple them through that, that, that way. Um, and it's been a blessing, both for me, um, and me and Christy, as well as for, for them. And, and uh, so we thank the Lord uh, that we're able to do that. We've also, while we've been here, we've also been discipling, uh, you know, working on discipling some pastors here in, in the States, some national, some Mexican national pastors that are here that have Spanish churches. And we're looking to, to take that avenue as well and try to train them and disciple them so that they can start in their own churches as well. Um, and I think that's hugely important here in the States. I think it's something that's lacked. Um, that needs to happen here. Um, now, the, this past fall, um, this past fall was was interesting for us. We were able to actually fly in. Um, you know, you could fly into Cancun and that those types of places after June of last year. Um, so this fall, because we had an issue there at the well, you know, the well um, blew up and and it um, it caved in, and we were I was there two months actually uh, trying to get all that fixed because of the the ranch where we're at, you know, Rancho La Paloma. Uh, where we're at, and, and we need the water to have camps. We need the water to exist. And um, so we were there, and, and, thank, and thank the Lord. Thank you for your prayers, for your giving towards all that. Um, we have water, and it's actually, we have more water now than we ever have. And so we're really excited about the possibilities of what we will be able to do at the camp, uh, what we'll be able to do not only for camps, but also in the community as well, and, and really creating relationships that we already have, but even taking them further through agriculture and things like that uh, there at the camp. Um, and lastly, obviously, um, Eriberto and Mariana. So let's, if you're new here and haven't been up on this conversation, uh, we were together doing a uh, discipleship conference for women mm -hmm. in uh, Saltillo. And um, uh, again, Carmen, Stephanie, Letty, Susan, you guys came down, and y'all with Mike and were all the speakers. And we had a great group of women, I don't know, maybe 40, 50 women there. And when we do a conference like that, we don't expect they're all going to run out and make disciples. We Correct. know it's only a percentage. Um, but in particular, one young lady, Mariana, uh, <laughs> took a hold of Christ's model of discipleship, and you could just see her light up. She had never, it really never been explained clearly what you're supposed to do after you get saved. And when we taught her uh, how to make disciples, she actually went home and taught her husband everything that we had taught her in the women's conference. Then he came back to another conference you and I did in Monterey, and it was on. I mean, it was on. Yeah, it was they on. were making disciples, <laughs> and they were reaching to their friends. Yeah. And then uh, it actually turned into a church launch. Yes. They launched a church yeah. out of those disciples. And then COVID happened. So you can pick the story up from right there, okay? Well, COVID happened, and they, they were trying to figure out, just like everybody was, I think, at that time, trying to figure out, okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? Techni you know, the technology, you know, they have internet and stuff like that. Sometimes it's sketchy. Maybe it's not quite as stable as it would be here. But nonetheless, they did that for several months. Um, and uh, as COVID came around, Ediberto um, has, um, he's got really bad lungs, basically. He's got asthma since he was a kid. And, the, and um, anyway, he, he got sick. Um, he got deathly sick. And uh, they had to go to the hospital. And they had to take him to the hospital. And, and by the way, she was, um, I think she was like 30, how much? Yeah, she was like 37 weeks, uh, 36 and 36 weeks um, uh, pregnant and uh, with their firstborn son. 
And uh, so he's, he, they had to take him to the hospital, and they had to take him to the social medicine there, um, which is a very rough way of going to the hospital. Um, he almost died a couple times, actually, in the hospital. They forgot to turn his oxygen on. Mm, that thing. And, um, and so, literally, uh, he almost died. Um, and after, you know, two hospitals, uh, they went to a different hospital, got him in there uh, towards the end, of, a couple weeks into it, and, uh, and uh, he started... He started slowly but surely coming out of it. And, you know, it's because of people like you. And I don't, I don't know if you understand the impact that you have on people uh, through missions and the impact of, uh, through Eri, to Heriberto and Mariana and, and the, the prayers that, that, you, that you give for them and that you pray to God for them. You may not know them, but what you don't understand is the things that happen around them is because of your prayers. It's because of what God is doing through, through them and in their lives. And let me tell you, he could hardly speak, but he found a, found a doctor who was empathetic to the gospel. And, um, and he was able to write all kinds of stuff to give her. And at the, towards the end, she actually let him, let him have a cell phone because you're not allowed to have a cell phone in the, in the hospital. And he was able to communicate with Mariana. Well, anyway, um, you know, y'all sent some funds down there um, to, to help them because they had some money saved up for the birth of Josue. Burned right Joshua, through it with hospital bills. Burned right through it just trying to exist because neither one of them had a job. Um, and uh, it was very, is a very, uh, Mariana is an absolute soldier. Um, she is unbelievable in her face. And she, matter of fact, she hasn't been saved for about five years. Um, and which I didn't realize this yeah, either. And uh, and so and she every day she was she was me and her we were we were talking we were conversing, um, and um, and she just kept claiming that the Lord's going to do this. You know, that, that she just kept praying and had faith that God was going to bring Ediberto through. Uh, mind you, she's she's gaining you know in weeks having to have this child and you know both of them to be in the hospital at the same time and and him. You know, with with his sickness and him trying not to get COVID on the COVID floor, which he tested negative, which was crazy. Um, but nonetheless, he, he almost died. And she's trying to hold off. Joshua, wait. You know, don't be born yet yeah. until you know Eddie gets home, so that you know all the all the transition yeah. stuff that happens. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, so uh, he he was released. He was released from the hospital, and they brought him home. Um, and uh, thank you guys for financially um, giving towards. Um, towards them, not only your prayers, but finances are, are a huge, huge role in missions, uh, whereas people can't do things for themselves, and, and churches like you come in, and, and you lift them up, and you're, 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 you're a support to them, so that they can continue the ministry uh, that God has called them to do, otherwise it would be very hard for them to do that, um, anyway, so they, he, he got out, and that night, she went into labor, it's like she was just waiting for him just to get home, and then, uh, oh, and, oh, and by the way, that night at 2 a.m. is when she went into labor, and uh, all the roads were iced over, and they're like, okay, now what do we do? So they called the uh, ambulance. The ambulance came, picked her up, took her to the hospital, uh, and about, I think it was about 8 o'clock that morning, Joshua was born. Healthy and, baby uh, boy. Healthy baby boy, cute as a button, and I can't wait to meet him and, and to kiss him and to hug him and to hold him, um, you know, because they're, they're part of us. They're, fam they're our family. And, uh, and we love them dearly, and, uh, and so we're really excited about what God's going to do uh, with them and through them uh, in the discipleship process in Saltillo. So Mike's, Mike's home is, your home is Saltillo, Mexico. So now with COVID, you are homeless. You can't go to your home. So as you all face uncertainty, you know, like... Are our kids there? Are they online? Are they, am I going to work? Or am I quarantined at home? So I want you to know the ripples it looks like in a missions world now. So Mike and Christy are basically homeless right now. And uh, uh, Christy's home church, your home, yeah, I guess, you know, you're, you're from the Pilot Point area, you know, uh, the Lake, Lake Ray Roberts area. If you guys know where I'm talking about, just up north of Denton here. That's where Christy's roots are from. And... So you guys are there, and they've got a place for the church has like a missions apartment where you can stay or a guest apartment. But there's a there's a clock ticking on that, and so I want y'all I want y'all to hear this story because I want y'all to pray with them, and we have to figure out what long term. Right? I mean, now you have to be based out of the U.S. That's all there is to it. Mm -hmm. So we go into Mexico when we can go, mm -hmm. we can go into Nicaragua when we can go, uh, and and we just start. Figuring out how to make disciples in a new reality. Yes. So yes. we have to figure out what that new reality is for your ministry. 
and that's awesome. And I just want you to know, as y'all try to work out the details of that, y'all are not alone in that. There's lots of, there's, there's wonderful, wonderful, not only your home church, but here and other places that love you guys and are praying with you. Thank you. Pastor Omar, come up. Stephanie, come in. This is one of our deacons, Stephanie, if you don't know Stephanie. And uh, I'm going to switch seats just so Omar can be in the middle there. And let's talk Nicaragua for a few minutes. And uh, um, this will be real interesting because the four of us are together from time to time. And we spent a few hours this week talking through some uh, housekeeping things in Nicaragua that we've got to take care of. And just when the four of us start talking... I may start talking Spanish here in a minute, and it just, we forget who's who, and yeah, sometimes we forget to translate, and sometimes, anyway, you'll see. Uh, Stephanie's going to be my voice in Spanish, and you can be his voice in English. In English. Normally, you're having to go the other way, right? so this will be a whole other challenge for you this morning. So, uh, Pastor Omar Palavichines from Nicaragua, welcome to Cornerstone Baptist Church. We're glad you're here. First time to meet our congregation and for you to meet Omar. And uh, although we didn't lead Omar to Christ, we, didn't, we still consider him our disciple now because we pulled him into the discipleship process. And we have made a very intentional investment into his life. And you're going to hear now, because here at Cornerstone for four weeks, we've been talking about discipleship here at Cornerstone. I want you to see now what it looks like when we drop it into Nicaragua. He is our first real disciple in Nicaragua. He was already a pastor of a church, but like pastors in America, you go to Bible college or seminary, nobody really tells you, it's broken, the model's broken, right. yes. and nobody really tells you how to do this. Uh, they teach you theology, they teach you what the Bible says, but they don't teach you how to do ministry, and so hopefully this will be, this will be eye-opening for you. Um, oh, she's just catching him up. So, uh, Omar, how old are you, first of all? Muy buenos días a todos los presentes. Dios les bendiga. Everybody present, good morning to you. Lord bless you. Uh, tengo 40 años. I'm 40 years old. Young 40. A young 40. Okay. So tell, tell us first of all about your family, uh, wife and kids and ages and things like that, okay? Uh. Muy bien. Mi esposa se llama María José. Ella tiene 41 años. My wife is 41 years old. Her name is María José. Ha sido una bendición grande en el ministerio junto conmigo. Uh, she's been a blessing to our ministry and to me working together. En 17 años que cumplimos en este año, in, hemos procreado dos hijos. Uh, in 17 years, we have procreated two, two kids. <laughs> What are the ages? Yeah. Bueno, la verdad es que yo quería siete. Uh, actually, I wanted seven. Cuando éramos novios, le dije, now, a tenerme siete. Now, when, I was, when we were just uh, boyfriend-girlfriend, she me dijo, said, I'd like seven. Me dijo, sí, mi amor, lo que tú and quieras. she's like, whatever you want, babe, I'll, I'll do that, it's fine. Pero ya en el hecho, estoy ardo. But after two, it's like, yeah, let's, we better stop it there. Okay, <laughs> right there, yeah. Uh, Omar Jr. tiene ocho años. Omar Jr., um, he's eight years old. Está en cuarto, va para cuarto grado he's este lunes. Fourth, he's going into fourth grade here this uh, uh, lunes, this Monday. Le gusta mucho estar en su escuela dominical. Es un niño muy activo. He's a very active kid. Likes to be in Sunday school. Mi hija Omara tiene 13 años. Va a tercer año de la secundaria. Oh, Omara, um, she's 13 years old, and she would be in tercera de secundaria. Sí. Um, that would be eighth grade, ninth grade, ninth grade. Ella es una niña muy activa y ha sido de mucha ayuda y apoyo en el ministerio. And she's been a, a, a great help. She's active and been a great help to us in the ministry as well. Y estoy con Dios muy agradecido por la familia que Dios me ha dado. Uh, I'm just grateful to the Lord for the family that he has given me. Por muchos años hemos estado trabajando juntos. And for lots of years we've been working together. En diferentes ministerios, in different misiones. Ministries, missions. And I thank the Lord for that. Yeah, we, we need to a little bit understand the context of Nicaragua. Um, uh, is it a safe, safe country? Uh, uh, what are the people like? Muy bien. Nicaragua es un país muy precioso. It's a precious place. Nicaragua is a, is a beautiful place. La gente es muy amable. Uh, the people are very pleasant. Muy trabajadora. They're very, they're workers. Muy amable, muy esforzada. Um, they like to work. En la capital Managua, prácticamente uh, el ambiente in, in es the capital of Managua. bastante caluroso. It's very hot. Managua tiene 15 ciudades. 
Managua has 15 different cities. De las cuatro, solamente cuatro son bastante fresca, helada. Um, and of those, of those cities, only four that are kind of actually colder. La vida climate. en Nicaragua prácticamente eh, es relativamente de una clase muy baja. Uh, the, the people in Nicaragua is, is very, it's, it's a lower class people. Pero con la gente, pero, pero gente muy humilde, muy leal, muy sencilla. Very, very simple people, very humble people. Muy servicial. And they're very serviceful. Nicaragua está en el país centroamericano número uno con más seguridad. Uh, Nicaragua is the safest country in, in Central America. Let me tap that a minute. So if we take a youth missions trip, or we pack up the women and go do a women's conference, we're going to be safe? Prácticamente sí. Yes. Sí. En nuestro país actualmente el año pasado fue catalogado como uno de los países de Centroamérica más seguro. Last year Nicaragua was placed in the bracket of the most secure country there. Tenemos como vecino a Honduras, Salvador, Costa Rica, Costa Rica on one side. Pero aún así, pues, honestamente, el país es un es un poco es un poco es drástico con la entrada y salida de, de personas de ahí porque hay mucha delincuencia en algunos um, ciudades o departamentos de, de esos so países. So because of the countries that surround Nicaragua, um, it's they're very uh, picky on who comes, who goes, and who comes to, into the border. So that's why Nicaragua is, is, the safe, is one of the safer Nuestro countries. país, aunque es un país comunista, el gobierno, Even though it's a communist country, el gobierno da seguridad a los extranjeros. Uh, the government does secure uh, the tourists that come down. In the, uh, tell us about what unemployment looks like in your country. Uh, give us a percentage of employed versus unemployed. El desempleo actualmente es bastante caótico. Uh, it's pretty chaotic right now that, um, with that. Debido a que eh, la población en un 50% tiene trabajos informales. Um, because half of the people, 50% of the people have informal jobs. La gente tiene puestos de, de ventas, por ejemplo, venden agua. So, 50% of these tomate, people, what they do is they have little stands on the street or wherever and they sell like water, tomatoes. Que sea negocio, ellos en las calles. Whatever you, they can sell in, on the street, they're out there, 50%. It's not a huge salary, but it is. They have, they have the bread of every day. El otro 50% es, son trabajadores del, del gobierno. And the other 50% are the ones who work for the government. El desempleo ha sido bastante caótico. Bueno, todo el tiempo ha sido bastante it's bajo. Always been, it's always been low. Pero de, desde que llegó el problema de, del COVID, que no ha sido tan relevante en Nicaragua, pero and sí pues, afectó la economía. Uh, when COVID arrived, it actually it did affect the economy for sure. Y prácticamente pues Nicaragua está apenas recobrando vida en cuanto a la economía. They're just now starting to come back to life uh, in regards to the economy. Uh, what's the average wage? What would a family make? El sueldo promedio de una familia nicaragüense anda en 182 dólares. So salary of a family al mes. Al mes. Is about 182 dollars a month. Prácticamente una familia nicaragüense no vive con 182 dólares. So practically speaking, though, a family doesn't live porque, with 182 dollars a month. Porque la moneda nicaragüense por más de cinco años ha sido devaluada. Because the 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 currency of Nicaragua has been devaluated for the last five years. Entonces las familias nicaragüenses por naturaleza o porque realmente le gusta tener familias grandes ya la gente ya se está quedando con dos niños. And naturally, you know, most of the families there, they, they like to have lots of kids and big families, but now all of a sudden it's starting to slow down a little bit and you only have a couple of kids. Por la situación. Because of the situation. Y entonces, con 182 dólares, prácticamente se come, pero muy limitado, con poca porción. So, $182, what you eat is very limited. The portions are very small. Yeah, I'm thinking, here's what my, here's what my Texan ears just translated. Yeah, let's get us a good communist socialist government in America where we can enjoy 50% unemployment and live on $185 a month. That's what I just interpreted from that. Now just imagine trying to feed your family on $184 a month. What do you, what do the people eat? If, I mean, what, what? 
un suelo así comemos arroz. On a salary like that, we might will eat rice, frijoles, beans, tortillas, and tortillas. Yeah. Eso es lo, lo básico. That's the basic. That's what. Ya si is. comemos pollo, if we eat chicken, carne, or some sort of meat, o cerdo, or or pork, nos hemos saltado el límite. Uh, we've gone over the limit. De lo que no deberíamos yeah. de saltar. Of what we shouldn't have gone to. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, I, most of the country, it's the state religion is Roman Catholic, so I assume you were raised Roman Catholic. Muy bien. En cuanto al sistema religioso en Nicaragua, en el año 1972, había un largo porcentaje de 85% de catolicismo o 90% posible. Eso ha bajado actualmente. Somos el tercer país con más cristiandad. En cuanto a mi familia, era una familia grande. Éramos 14 hermanos. Siete fueron muertos en la guerra uh, seven died in the war, o diferentes enfermedades. Or different, or different, uh, that they went Actualmente somos siete. Right now, seven that are still alive. Nacimos bajo la creencia y el tradicionalismo católico. Yo tenía mi mamá y mis hermanos eran católicos. Um, so my brothers and my parents, we were all y Catholic. cuando uno está grande toma decisiones. So when you get big, you start to make your own decisions. Creyendo que son buenas. Thinking that they're good decisions. En lo personal, yo a los 12 años. So personally, when I was 12, era un testigo de Jehová. Um, I was a Jehovah's Witness. Y ellos continuaron su religión. They, they continued in Catholicism. Pero la verdad las cosas es que en una ocasión en el año 1995, un 23 de marzo, alguien tocó la puerta de mi casa. Era un diácono. Ya me había buscado por seis meses. Yo me le corría. Le decía a mi primo, si me buscan, no, dile que no estoy. No había lugar donde esconderme. Pero una vez me agarró desprevenido. Te agarré. Dice. No me moveré hasta que te lleve a la iglesia. Me bañé y me fui a la iglesia. Y por primera vez en mi vida oí el evangelio. El evangelio las buenas de salvación the good news of salvation. por primera vez escuché que Jesucristo podía salvar mi vida acepté a Cristo a los 14 años en un periodo de 5 años And for about five years, mamá fue salva hermanas fueron salvas primas fueron salvas eso fue por un toque de puerta. Alguien me predicó de Cristo. No me predicó de religiones. Simplemente me presentó a Cristo. Y este es el resultado ahora. You go through a soul winning class yet again. Uh, we know you know, but just just so we know that you know that you know that we know, you know that we all know that we just make sure because it's important that the leaders uh, and let me just push that on. Now. It's important that every disciple uh, at some point in your discipleship process will take you through that where you have a lot of confidence where you can just share simply, not a sermon, simply uh, what it means and. We could have Omar explain some more of that in a minute. But so, how, how old are you now that you've truly gotten saved? What, what's your age? Actualmente tengo 26 años de cristiano. So he's like 15 or so though when he gets saved. Is that yeah, close? 14. 14? A los 14 años recibí. 14. Okay. So um, you feel like God wants you 
maybe in vocational ministry at that point, you feel this burden to give your life in service. Cuando yo acepté a Cristo, when I trusted Christ, este, llegó un pastor como a los seis meses a promocionar el seminario. About six months later, a pastor came to, a, to promote a, a Bible institute. Entonces yo ar, me arrimé al pastor, and so I, got, I went with the pastor, y le dije yo voy a ir. And he said, and I said, I, I, I want to go. Pero tienes 15 años, me dice. And he said, but you're 15. Y ahí se entra de 18 años. And there you, you can only go in when you're 18. Yo quiero ir, le digo. And he said, I want to go. Veré qué hago. And I'll see what I can do, but. Entré al seminario en el año 1996, in 1996 y gracias a Dios que en el, en el año 1998 me gradué. Y a los 17 años tuve mi primera experiencia como pastor en un campo old, misionero en um, las montañas. I was pastoring a little church up in a village up in the mountains. I'm trying to imagine what it's like to be a 15-year-old in a college with grown men. Did, did, did you get hazing? Can you translate that? Uh, picked on? Abused? What, what does that look like? What does that look like? It was very uncomfortable because the majority of the seminary Um, it, was, it was very uncomfortable while Eran I was there. De años en la iglesia. Uh, there, been there were people there that were studying that had Yo been for years in the church. I was barely a year that I had trusted Christ that I went into a Bible college. Edad, When somebody has, is more of age, sometimes they'll manipulate the younger ones, you know. Quizás por su madurez o por or su conocimiento. More, y yo solamente estaba recién comenzando algo que para mí era nuevo. Y bueno, prácticamente me hacían bromas. Te amo a cambiar el pamper. Porque era el menor de todos. Pero al fin y al cabo que en el transcurso del, de los años en el seminario, todo fue cambiando. Nowhere in the world have we ever found a Bible college, America or any other country, that actually disciples the young men and women that are there so that they can go reproduce a model of discipleship for the rest of their life. It doesn't exist. It's a very broken model we have. And of course, we exported this all over the world, and that's why it's, it's still broken everywhere, and we're trying to repair the brokenness now. Um, so Omar is going to go pastor. He's pastoring now. I'm just trying to help the story along here for sake of time. And uh, a, a dear friend of ours, someone who's on the advisory council for this church, Pastor David Fry from Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, went to Nicaragua with a group of youth and did missions trips there every year. While we're going to India, they're going to, you know, to Nicaragua to work with Pastor. And they met Omar when he was a young man. And David, he had had a relationship a lot of years. I met Omar through Pastor David. Pastor David said, I want you to meet this man. He is lighting it up in Nicaragua, but he needs direction. And he needs investment and training and, and needs to be discipled. And so that's how I met that's how I met Omar. So Omar, what was your first exposure then? We'll let you tell it to discipleship. Bueno, mi primera experiencia antes de contestar la pregunta. Now before I that before I do that question, um, I need to say my first uh, experience. Quiero retomar lo que acaba de decir el hermano de, del seminario. I want to tell you a little bit, just a second, about the seminary. Y es una gran verdad. And that's very true what he said. Es teología, pero no recibimos lo más importante, el discipulado. It, it was theology, but we, did, we, didn't, we didn't receive anything about discipleship, which is, which is most important. Hace 26 años me hubiera gustado haber recibido el discipulado como aquí lo están presentando. I wish 26 years ago that I could have received Cuando yo recibí el discipulado, like eran dos hojas. And so when I when I would receive the discipleship, it was just two pieces of paper. How many years? 
Tres meses, dos, tres hojas. Solo para decirme que debía bautizarme. Ahora voy a responder la pregunta. Now I'm going to answer the question. Solo quería dejar ese... ese... I just wanted to insert that. Yeah, sure. Ok. Uh, en cuanto a mi experiencia, la primera vez que vine aquí a Cornerstone, me hospedé en la casa de la familia Gibbs. Y el hermano diácono May And Mike, the, the deacon, tendrás un, con el pastor una cita pero nunca me imaginé que era que me iba a dar el discipulado pasamos todo un día entero And so the, the whole entire day, que prácticamente me estaba durmiendo no es lo mismo <laughs> No es lo mismo dos hojas que 46 páginas. Uh, it's two, two sheets of papers, not the same as 46 in no eight hours. La comida me cayó pesada. And of course the oxygen was going to my stomach. El discipulado me cayó pesado. And it was, the discipleship was heavy as well. Y eso fue una experiencia. It was experience. Fatal. It was almost fatal to me. <laughs> yeah. So pause there, let me give the explanation. <laughs> Michael, <laughs> Mike, Michael Gibbs, one of our deacons at the time, now he's an elder, Michael Gibbs calls me and he says, a man I love from Nicaragua, a friend of David Fry's is here in Dallas, Fort Worth. This guy's got to be discipled, but he has no context. So can you explain discipleship to him in a day? He's here for 24 hours. <laughs> What am I supposed to do? He's sitting up there at a table. I'm looking at him. We can't communicate. I call Stephanie on the phone. And I say, Stephanie, drop everything and get to church right now and plan to spend the day. And Stephanie graciously came up here and sat down and for eight hours, we talked to discipleship. Yes. Now, we knew he wouldn't retain all of that. But we knew that if the Holy Spirit was the Holy Spirit, The Holy Spirit would put a burr in his saddle that would not go away. And he would want a further explanation. And that's what happened. El, el año pasado, en agosto, yo llegué a la iglesia del pastor David Fry. El año pasado? Sí. So last year in July, I went to David's church. Yo le dije a David, David, yo necesito que des una conferencia a los estudiantes del seminario. And he said, and, he, and, he, and I told uh, David, I said, I, I need you to give some sort of conference to the kids there at the seminary. No there. te preocupes, que ya lo resolví. And he said, don't worry about it, I've already taken care of it. Y llamó al pastor Bobby. And he called Bobby. <laughs> yeah. And so we went to Nicaragua. Uh -huh. Sí. En el 2019, en noviembre, November, la primera semana, of 2019, uh, the first week, el equipo del pastor arribó a Nicaragua. Tuvimos una asistencia de 60 pastores, we had 60 pastors there, de los cuales fueron seleccionados tres pastores, and from those, there were three that were porque el discipulado no todo el mundo lo digirió. Lo vio de otro mundo, de otro planeta. Y prácticamente cuando yo escuché el discipulado en, en 100% explicado en una semana. When I heard it that week, 100% over two or three days, uh, it, it all was started. Lo que no pude entender la primera vez, lo entendí en cuatro días, what en una semana. What I didn't understand the first time that I was here in the office with, with Bobby, now this time over a period of a week, it really sank De ahí cambió toda la historia. And everything changed for me. So you took that model then to your church in Matagalpa. So let me explain, Managua is the capital low land flat, four active volcanoes around the area. It's blazing hot. It's like Hades hot, okay? It is, isn't it, Mike? It's hot. I mean, we live in Texas. It's hot. It's hot. But he's up in the mountains, uh, and where he's at is where all the shade-grown coffee is being grown in Nicaragua. So if you're drinking Nicaraguan coffee, it's coming from Matagalpa, where, he, where his church is up in the mountain. It's cooler up there. It's, it's bearable. It's pleasant. And uh, I'm sure they're exporting some other things from there too, but coffee's the <laughs> wonderful one that they're exporting. But the most important. The, yeah, yes. yeah. The one most used by Cornerstone. Yes. I hope. <laughs> wow. 
All right. Anyway, anyway, so you took the don't even translate that. We took the we he took he took the discipleship model to Madagalpa. It's a second biggest city in the country up in the mountains. And there you begin to implement discipleship in your own church. Muy bien. Okay, so what are the results of that? Then one year. Muy bien. Una vez que recibí el discipulado en el 2019, no había otra manera que llevarlo a la iglesia y ejecutarlo. Unos seis meses antes que viajara a, a, a Raleigh de David, About six months before I, I had traveled to Raleigh, nuestra iglesia estaba estancada. Our church was stagnant. Estábamos eh, patinando. We were just basically just going in the, we weren't, we were going nowhere. Okay, recibí el discipulado. So I, I, I learned about the discipleship. En el, en el 2020. And in 2020. Comenzamos a dar el discipulado, comenzamos a que la iglesia entrara al proceso de discipulado. We started in 2020 for the church to start entering into the process of discipleship. Y una de las palabras que recuerdo que dijeron en, en el estudio, el discipulado no lo va a ver en sí eh, en crecimiento ya. Lo va a ver en el camino. Y en el 2020, en ocho meses, casi nueve meses, hemos discipulado a toda la congregación. We've a lot of our congregation. Hem, hemos tratado de que cada miembro, adolescente, joven, adulto, entre al proceso. Y se logró. Y el resultado fue and the result was más de 21 personas bautizadas. More than 21 being el resultado fue que votamos una pared. Um, and, and one of the results was we had to open up porque la gente estaba sentada uno encima de otro. No había espacio. Y prácticamente miré el resultado a los meses. Mientras estábamos a puerta cerrada, discipulando en la tarde, en la mañana, en el día, en la noche, el, el, el discipulado iba procesándose cada día hasta llegar a explotar lo que hoy estoy viendo en mi iglesia. When you started the process in your church, you, you're going to people's homes during the week to do the small group discipleship time, correct? Okay, so uh, how, many, how many days a week, times a day? Do you remember we, we, how we talked? To, uh, uh, what, what does that look like in your schedule? Are you, are you going like on this Tuesday discipleship day and you have one group? What does that look like? Okay, cuando entramos en serio con el discipulado, when we really started into discipleship, yo llegué a un caos. I was, I, I, I was in a chaotic place here. El caos era el horario. Uh, it was the, the timetable of how to do this. Porque mientras yo estaba preparando a los líderes, leaders, yo estaba asumiendo un gran porcentaje del discipulado. I was, I was a matrimonios, to, uh, couples, familia entera, uh, families, e individuales. And Esto significa que no había horario. Pero cuando ya la gente absorbió y pasó el proceso, so In, in the uh, discipleship process. Ya mis brazos descansaron. And now my arms were, we were able to rest a little bit. Porque el trabajo ya se estaba regando. Now, the, now it was starting to work out for me. Y era mucho mejor. And that was a whole lot better. Ayer mi esposa me mandó una foto. Uh, yesterday my wife sent me a picture. Ayer concluyeron siete meses de estudio los jóvenes y los adolescentes. Um, so yesterday they, uh, they finished seven months of discipleship. Pasaron el proceso. Ones. 
they were passing through the process of Pero aún falta más cuando llegue. But there's still more when I get back. I know in those days you were doing like four groups a day. Yeah. Or multiple, multiple groups a week. Muchos grupos. Yeah. Lots of groups. Because he's the only one who understands discipleship in a church. Right. And the first batch is the hardest to make. You don't have any leaders. Mm -hmm. You don't have any group leaders. So you have to train the group leaders. And just imagine doing like four small groups a day. Multiple days a week. Just to get your leaders caught up to the thing they've been missing in their, in their context. So let's just take them into one small group and let them get a vision of what it looked like <laughs> in those days. So uh, you go to the Martinez home. Okay, and you start a small group and they're, they're willing to open their home. Okay. What happened in the Martinez living room? Tell us what happened. Muy bien. Eh, todo comenzó así con esta historia pequeña. Hace como dos años y medio yo le prediqué a una hermana de la iglesia, a una persona que no era cristiana. Era muy católica. Y yo siempre le predicaba. Pero un día llegó a mi iglesia. Pastor me dice, aquí vengo, me dice. Pero una cosa le digo. No voy a recibir a Cristo. No importa, siéntese y cuando esté preparada me avisa. Aceptó a Cristo al mes. Entró a mi oficina y me dice, Pastor, ore por mí. Amén. Ella aceptó a Cristo. Su nieta, um, so her grandchild, su yerno, um, her son-in-law, uh, la hija de ella, um, her daughter, el esposo de ella, um, her husband, la mamá del, del, del esposo de la hija de la hermana, mother-in-law, the mother-in-law, y toda la familia, the, the whole family, toda la familia, the whole family. Entonces era algo complicado. So it's a little complicated. Porque estaba impartiendo el discipulado uh, en dos grupos. Porque quería, la idea era eh, a nivelar el discipulado. I, I, the idea was to kind of um, uh, level out all the, the discipleship. Y cuando nivelamos el discipulado éramos nueve. And when we started leveling everything out, there was nine of us there. Una familia entera. It was a whole family. Entonces ese es el resultado. So that's the result de una persona person que se dejó enseñar taught, que dejó que se le enseñara y que entrara al proceso and, and y ahora prácticamente la señora lady, ya es una discipuladora y es el resultado de que la gente pueda entrar al proceso de ser discipulado para convertirse en discipulador so o discipuladora. Yeah. Sí. So now your daughter is already making disciples. Tell us about that group of disciples. Muy bien, uh, como todo pastor, uno está pensando hacer lo mejor posible o tener una mejor organización en su iglesia. Yo no podía estar abarcando a los adolescentes, a los jóvenes, Yo tenía que delegar a personas que ya estaban ya en el proceso ya 100% listo. Mi hija Omara prácticamente tenía, tenía un grupo discipulando. Mi esposa estaba junto con ella supervisando y, 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 y eso fue un avance. And that was something, that was a big step. Porque ya hay una persona que está discipulando a adolescentes. And now, so, so now she's discipling those young kids. De 10 a 15 años. To 10, 10 to 15 year olds. Ahora estamos tratando 
de que los jóvenes, una persona de 25 años, trate de disipular de jóvenes de 18 a 25, 30 años. Now we're trying to, to find some, you know, somebody at 25 years old that will disciple their peers as well. Y los adultos también puedan tratar de disipular adultos. And then adults also disciple adults. Llevar un orden. It's just an order that we Pero también have. tener un líder capaz. But to have a leader that's Como that's lo que realmente tenemos hoy. Just like today we have. Y que no veía antes. That we, that didn't, that we didn't see that we had before. Y eso es producto del discipulado. And that's a product of discipleship. So your daughter's leading a, a small group. I, th I think there's six or more kids, teenagers in that group, in that 10 to 16-year-old age range. Right? Did I get that right? Yes, I did. 15 years old. Sí. 10 to 15 years old. Okay, so how old's your daughter? Ella tiene 13 años, va a cumplir 14 este año. She's going to turn 14 this year. Does that put things in context now all of a sudden? So his 14-year-old daughter is teaching a group of 10 to 16-year-olds the same process. And then they're going to teach their friends and the multiplication is about to begin. Now listen, our, our time is going to get away quickly, so I've got a couple, just a couple of questions and we're going to take communion together. Um, so our goal... We're discipling three pastors in Nicaragua and their wives right now as a, as a team. Uh, we fly down. I couldn't go last time. Jeremy went with you, flew to Nicaragua, spent some days, come back home. That's what our lives look like, uh, trying to disciple these guys. Uh, we have to keep that going. We're just waiting. We've been waiting to figure out how to navigate COVID to get back to, to Nicaragua. And Omar's helped us with that. I think we've got a grip on, on how to do that. Now we can start back up. Um, every time we do something like this missionally, God seems to open four more doors. So in June, we'll be doing a uh, women's conference. Um, because it's not just men who make disciples. We're all equal in this. Uh, so we're going to get the women all fired up and ready to go. But beyond Nicaragua, are there opportunities now opening also in Latin America? Sí, prácticamente tenemos la oportunidad y la puerta abierta en el país vecino de Costa Rica. Hay iglesias que están ya listas y preparadas para They're, un futuro discipulado e incluso vamos a invitar a unas cinco o diez damas cinco o diez damas para las conferencias de junio esposas de pastores para, para que cuando vayamos a Costa Rica ya haya una base So once we go to Costa Rica, there'll be a little of a base there. So that, that door is just about to open for us, we feel like. And our congregation needs to be praying about that. God opens that door to Costa Rica through this women's conference midsummer. Um, we, we think it will, but we'll let the Holy... He's the, we don't want to be door kickers. We'll let the Holy Spirit right. open them as, right. as they open. Let, let me ask you this last question, Omar, and we'll take communion together. Uh, not everybody here and not everybody watching us on the internet right now uh, are part of a dis the discipleship process. They're, they're wonderful people. Uh, many have been saved, many have been baptized, but they've never been taught what the Christian next steps of the Christian life are. Uh, what would you say to our people who are not part of the discipleship process? What blessings, what, what can they expect Uh, God will do in their life if they would engage in the process. Muy bien. Quiero dirigirme a toda la congregación de Cornerstone y a los que me escuchan por vía internet en cualquier país de Europa y Asia. Quiero dirigirme especialmente al miembro que todavía no ha entrado al proceso de discipulado. Como pastor, 
yo quiero motivar As pastor, I want to motivate you, animar uh, to encourage you, en el nombre del Señor in the name of the Lord, que se una al proceso that you come into the process of discipleship, de que usted sea discipulado y pueda ser discípulo. Vamos a comenzar del principio bíblico más importante en la Biblia. So we have to start from, from, from the point that's most important in scripture. Dos frases importantes en Mateo 28 y 19. Uh, two, two phrases, two verses there in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Y por tanto, y hacer discípulo. It said, and, uh, and por tanto, and, and la palabra uh, it, make disciples. La palabra it significa vayan, vayamos, vayamos todos. Uh, to go in those verses means for us, for me to go, for us to go. Es una expresión de orden. It's an expression of De una order. orden expresa de Dios. Uh, and it's from the Lord. Dice que vayan y hagan. And it says to go and make disciples. disciples. Si usted recuerda la historia, if you remember the story, el evangelio, in, in the, in the gospels, el Señor Jesús escogió a doce. Uh, Jesus, he got twelve. Y en tres años, and in three years, los instruyó, um, he included them, los he instructed them, le dio la autoridad, he, he discipled them and gave them the authority. Y una vez que los preparó, los y los formó once, como líderes, once, they, once he formed them and discipled them and, and, and encouraged them to go, lo mandó de do en do. He, let, he let them go two and two. He sent Entonces, them out. Prácticamente yo quiero motivarle a ustedes, so hermanos, here, a los que no están discipulando, Por favor, entra al proceso primero go in, go process para que tengas la bendición y la oportunidad so de ser un discipulador. And, and la idea es que usted se multiplique. La idea del discipulado es que usted enseñe a otro. Y qué bendición que esta iglesia Cornerstone, and what a blessing that Cornerstone tenga discípulos en Asia, they have disciples in Asia, en Europa, in Europe, ahora en Centroamérica, now in Central America. Estamos haciendo algo que nos llevará a ver grandes frutos. We're doing something now that will take us to see fruit. ¿En qué me beneficia discipular? Now, what does it benefit me to be a disciple? ¿En qué me beneficia ser un discipulador? What, what, how does it benefit me to be a disciple? Esto trae Grande beneficio. It, it, it's very, it's very large what you can do. Uno, creces espiritualmente. Uh, you can grow spiritually. Creces como líder. Uh, grow as a leader. Y va a, a querer que otros sean como tú. And you're going to want other people to be like you. Queremos que el hermano Omar tenga otro Omar. We want Omar to have another Omar. Que haga lo mismo que yo hago. That's doing the same thing that I'm doing. Esta iglesia this church ha invertido, has, has invested, está invirtiendo they are investing para que otros hagan discípulos. So that others can, can make disciples. ¿Por qué entonces usted no lo puede hacer? So why can't you do it? Todos podemos hacerlo. We can all do it. Es una orden. It's, it's an order es un deber. Has, it's, it's something es una obligación. It's an obligation. Es una bendición. It's a blessing. Necesitamos. That's what we need. You can come back next week. You keep that up. Puedes regresar la próxima semana si sigues así. Si en tu familia hay alguien que no es cristiano. If, if is, is si en tu a, familia a alguien es católico, maybe they have, testigo from, de Jehová, mormón, o cualquier religión, lo que yo puedo decirle a todos los que me oyen aquí what y a los que me oyen en internet, solo hay un camino. Juan 14, 6. Jesús dijo, yo soy la vida, 14, la verdad y la vida. Yo soy el camino. Romanos 3, 16, uh, Roman 3, es uno de los pasajes más céntricos de la Biblia. It's, uh, it's Porque de tal manera amó Dios al mundo. So Dios ama al pecador. Uh, yo era pecador. 
Todos éramos pecadores. We're all sinners. Pero cuando la Biblia dice en Romanos 3:23, por cuanto says, todos pecamos, estamos destituidos. And we're, we're, we're si tú no eres God, cristiano, believer, usted está alejado de Dios. Pero aunque tú eres pecador o pecadora, solamente el perdón de Dios puede the, the llevarte a la eternidad donde está Dios. A donde un día usted y yo estaremos con Él. Romanos 6.23, la Biblia dice, más la dádiva de Dios. La dádiva significa regalo. ¿Qué es lo que usted recibió como regalo? Le pregunta a usted. Hay cinco cosas que hemos recibido como regalo. Y usted que no es cristiano, usted puede recibir esas cinco cosas. Perdón de pecado. Su nombre es escrito en el libro de la vida. Liberado del infierno. Salvo por gracia. Y un día esperamos a Cristo. ¿Qué más regalos tenemos? What else do you want? ¿Qué, más, qué, ¿Qué más bendición tenemos? What, what que somos hijos de Dios. We're, we're trusting, we're y la Biblia especifica y aclara en Apocalipsis 2, 3.20 de Apocalipsis. Uh, dice que he aquí yo estoy a la puerta. Si tú no eres cristiano, simplemente vas if you're not, if you're not a, a dar cabida All you have to do is go a Jesucristo. And let, and just give your life to Jesus. La religión no salva. Cristo salva. Un día hace 26 años, ago, sencillamente, just very simply, siendo católico, o testigo de Jehová, simplemente alguien me, me, me predicó de Cristo. Y entendí que simplemente era necesario recibir a Jesús por fe. Y aquí estamos para la gloria de Dios. Ánimo. Tome decisiones. Cuando uno toma decisiones, Dios hará muchas cosas en tu vida. Déjese, déjese discipular. Entra el proceso. Y aquí, posiblemente, habrán dos servicios. O habrá que votar una o habrá que botar una pared como en Matagalpa. Multipliquémonos. Omar, gracias. Mike, gracias. Stephanie, In the seat, you probably have the communion cup. Now listen, don't, don't scowl at me. Oh, Omar, yes. Uh, I know this bread is not that wonderful stuff we get from Sprouts, you know, with a crunchy, flaky crust and the delicious center, but it's COVID and we have to deal with what we have to deal with. Uh, the way we take communion together here, we do some corporate confession together, and we're going to put the words up where you can... Read out loud with me. Uh, you've got that cup. Just hold on to it just a second. And I'll, I'll give you some directions here as we go. I want to ask you to read with me out loud. I'll go slow and, and phrase it. Read with me our corporate confession of sins. It's healthy. As Omar just said, to confess that we are sinners. We realize we're saved sinners, but we're still sinners nonetheless. Let's make our corporate confession together. I'll read nice and slow and you can join me out loud. Here we go. Merciful and almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you in thought, in word, and in deed. Together, we repent of our sins. We celebrate the forgiveness that we have through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We choose to live as renewed people who reflect your love and goodness We ask that you grant us the strength to love, obey, and serve you. For the glory of your name, amen. And I'll proclaim to you that Almighty God, who has promised forgiveness of sins to all who turn to him in faith, he pardon you and set you free from all of your sins. He strengthens you to do his will, and he keeps you in eternal life. 
through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray and let me ask the blessing upon the communion elements. Father, we bow before you and we give thanks to you for the bread and the wine we're about to receive. Lord, to us in this moment it represents your sacrifice on the cross and your resurrection from the dead. Father, we believe you are the way, the truth, and the life. We believe you are the bread of life. And for us this morning, this bread represents eternal life for us through your sacrifice. And Father, bless the bread and the wine that we're about to receive and in the spirit which we receive them. Father, if there's any sin in our lives, Father, we ask forgiveness of that. We don't want to let that pile up and be a barrier between us. Lord, we want to keep our confession fresh with you. And Lord, let the Spirit speak freely and let us have spiritual ears to be led by your Spirit. Father, bless your people as we partake in this communion. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you just to peel the, there's two layers here, peel the top off and you can get the bread out. Before we eat the bread... I'm going to ask you again to proclaim with me our common confession here at Cornerstone about this bread. Let's repeat together. Lord Jesus, you are the bread of life. By your cross and resurrection, you have set us free. You are the Savior. Well, praise God. He is the Savior of the world. You may eat the bread. Careful with this one. Peel back that second layer. All right, before we drink, let's make our confession about the cup together as a church family. Lord Jesus, when we drink this cup, we proclaim your death and we dedicate ourselves to your mission until you return in glory. Before you drink, remember why we're doing this. We are grounding ourselves in the story of Jesus Christ. We are imagining the past as we remember his sacrifice. And we are simultaneously looking forward to the lives we are living out right now. We're looking even beyond today. We're looking to a promised future together with Jesus Christ. And we have secured our lives right in the middle of history there. Between his death and resurrection and his future coming, we're right in the middle of his story. And we've stirred our hearts this morning to joyfully obey him and follow him. You may drink the cup. Let's sing. Let's go to our homes. Worship team, if you'll come, knowing that we're one family in Christ. While they're coming to sing, I want you to know he just handed me this plaque. Iglesia Biblica Bautista, the Bible Baptist Church of Montegolfa, sends recognition to the Cornerstone Baptist Church of Fort Worth for invaluable commitment, contribution, and endeavor in preparation and formation of new disciples for the expansion of the work of Jesus Christ. Through the teaching of discipleship, it is a necessary axis in the revival of fire and the Holy Spirit in each heart and for our local growth. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Omar, thank you for this. We'll display this where the church can see it. Amen.